0: Such Things podcast with David and Lisa Lang. Uh, We are so happy um, to welcome listeners from all across the world. Uh, It's been pretty exciting for us since we've launched this podcast to see um, that we. We have some listeners from, uh, you know, not only all across the United States, but the Philippines, Singapore, Canada, United Kingdom, South Africa, Trinidad and Tobago, Japan, India, Costa Rica, Bahrain, Colombia, Germany, Hong Kong, Kenya, Namibia, Zimbabwe, and some unknown place. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, wow, I mean, I'm just completely blown away. Thank you to our listeners all across the globe. It is uh, so encouraging to have you um, to have you partaking in all of this with us. Yes. Um, today, we are going to continue learning how to pray using the Lord's Prayer as our model.
1: Yeah, uh, last week, I read some lyrics from the great modern poets. Imagine Dragons. <laughs> today, I want oh, to read some huh? some lyrics <laughs> from Don Henley of the Eagles. He says, uh, I got the call today. I didn't want to hear, but I knew that it would come. An old true friend of ours was talking on the phone. She said, you found someone. And I thought of all the bad luck and the struggles we went through and how I lost me and you lost you. What are these voices outside love's open door? Make us throw off our contentment and beg for something more. I'm learning to live without you now, but I miss you sometimes. The more I know, the less I understand. All the things I thought I knew, I'm learning again. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, Sing it. but my will gets weak and my thoughts seem to scatter. But I think it's about forgiveness
0: forgiveness
1: forgiveness. even if you don't love me anymore these times are so uncertain there's a yearning undefined people filled with rage we all need a little tenderness how can love survive in such a graceless age Mm. there are people in your life who've come and gone they let you down you know they hurt your pride you better put it all behind you because life goes on You keep carrying that anger, it'll eat you up inside. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my will gets weak and my thoughts seem to scatter. But I think it's about forgiveness, forgiveness, even if you don't love me. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter because the flesh will get weak and the ashes will scatter. So I'm thinking about forgiveness, forgiveness, even if, even if you don't love me. Forgiveness, forgiveness. That's an awesome song. Mm-hmm. Those are some good words. We
0: might need, to need a clip. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> we need and crave forgiveness. Shame and guilt are so destructive for our souls. I believe, Lisa, that, that shame and guilt, lack of forgiveness are major contributors even to mental illness. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't just damage me. Lack of forgiveness, it spills rapidly into my relationships. Mm-hmm. And Jesus understood this. Let's let's get into the Lord's Prayer here. Matthew 6, verse 12. Jesus says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So last week we talked about, you know, God, please forgive us our debts. But we didn't get into this second part, and that's where we're going to go today. As we also have forgiven our debtors, unforgiveness when we when we fail to extend forgiveness, when we find ourselves unable to give forgiveness, it destroys relationships. It destroys families. It destroys churches. Some of us have seen that happen in our churches. Yes, and I would say it destroys societies, cultures. Mm-hmm. Like the Don Henley song, I think that's where we find ourselves today in our society in 2021. We live in a graceless age, the song says. People filled with rage. Um, for our first big date, I, I flew up to New York to, uh, to spend time with Lisa and I took her to a Broadway show, my favorite show, Les Mis, I don't even know how to say it in French. Les Miserables.
0: Les Miserables.
1: I can't say it. uh, It's a story of forgiveness. It's the story of Valjean and Javert, two Frenchmen. Valjean, the forgiven and reformed criminal who was so moved by grace for his sins that in the end, he sacrificed his life for another. And then there's Javert the unflinching law enforcer hunting Valjean down all through his life. But Javert was so unable to accept grace that he ended up taking his own life. And it's a a parable. How grace triumphs over law. How mercy triumphs over judgment. How the old covenant will eventually be replaced by the new. <laughs> and we see that inability to receive or extend forgiveness will mentally break you and spiritually destroy you. Some of us are there. We've, we've suffered wounds and we, we, we are wrestling. How can I give forgiveness and if we don't learn this, if we can't work this out in our prayer life, mm-hmm. that's what this series is about, then, then, then we'll be broken. We'll be destroyed. Jesus got it. He understood it. Let's read his words, his teachings, all right? Uh, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, let's read together and let's, uh, let's get this going here. There we go. Matthew 5 verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) In some translations, it says happy instead of blessed. It says, happy are those who are persecuted. Happy are those... Who are peacemakers. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka. Or fool is answerable to the court and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell therefore if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to them then come and offer your gift Jesus goes on in Matthew 538 to say this you've heard that it was said eye for eye and tooth for tooth but i tell you do not resist an evil person if someone slaps you on the right cheek turn to them the other cheek also and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt hand over your coat as well if anyone forces you to go 1 mile go with him 2 miles give to the one who asks you do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you you've heard that it was said love your neighbor hate your enemy but i tell you love your enemies pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others don't even pagans do that be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect mm. I, I've often read that line about be perfect mm. and I've been like well be perfect I can't do that but what's the context the context is context is forgiveness mm. if we can learn to forgive like our heavenly Father then we're approaching perfection <laughs> mm. Matthew 6 verse 12. You know, we already read it. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. We'll get to that next week. But if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's frightening. And finally, Matthew 7, verse 1. Do not judge from your brother's eye, over and over, verse after verse, teaching after G- teaching, all here in the Lord's prayer, Jesus is laying out how His kingdom will operate. So different than the kingdom of this world, and and let me tell you right now, in our world, the devil in his kingdom, he is having a field day right now, getting people to choose anger over forgiveness on all sides. Whatever issue you want to call out, there is just a total absence of grace and mercy. Indeed, we live in that graceless age that Don Henley was singing about. Have you felt it? Have you felt it, brother, sister, listener? (laughs) I have. We have in our house. There's like a sense of anger and rage right now. And it, then it, then it kind of turns into this sense of disdain for those who think differently than me. Right. I felt the pull of that anger tugging on my heart this past year, like an undertow in the ocean. Last week, I was surfing in Costa Rica. It was awesome. And there were these huge waves. And with these big waves, there was a, a strong current pulling you down the shore. But here's what's interesting about the, the, that drifting current. You don't notice the drift of the current until you look back at a reference point on the beach. Right. Yeah. I would look back at the beach and be like, whoa, that tree. Look how f- fast I'm moving by that tree. And I'm, I'm not even paddling. I'm just drifting. And it, we are all caught in this drift right now. This, this spirit of our age is one of anger and rage and lack of grace and lack of forgiveness. And so I share all these Bible verses, all these teachings I just read from Jesus to give us a, a reference point on the beach. Jesus' teachings here, this is our reference point. Have we drifted with the current of hatred in our world? Because see, in the church, in the Kingdom of Jesus, we operate on a different economy. It's an economy of grace. And the Lord's Prayer is meant to reorient us every day as we pray this part of the prayer, God forgive me as I forgive other people. this in this part of the prayer, we work through. Anyone that we need to forgive and give grace to. And it reorients us. It becomes a reference point. And we realize every day, whoa, I'm angry. I've drifted. I'm upset. God says it is mine to avenge. So what's ours? It's ours to forgive. We're expected, commanded here to forgive. He says, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. But here's what's so tough, and and Lisa, I'm gonna turn it over to you here because we, here's the thing, guys. We can't obey this command to forgive until something wrong has been done to us. Right. That's what makes obeying this command so hard and such a drag. Like, I can't obey this part of the Bible until something wrong, legitimately wrong, has been done to me. Mm. Now I get a chance to obey and to forgive. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, it's so hard. But but, Lisa, you were going to share about learning a, a key for you and learning how to extend forgiveness to others.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about compassion. Yeah. Um, Matthew 9, verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I think one key component to learning to forgive others is compassion. When Jesus saw the crowds, he saw that they were harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd, directionless, Mm -hmm. aimless, lost, harassed by the devil, helpless against temptation and desire. And all of us have been there. Yes. What is my reaction to the crowds, to individuals? Is my first reaction compassion? Not typically. I see people and I see their sin. Mm -hmm. I see their anger, their lust, their impatience, their arrogance, their selfishness. And I feel annoyed and angered that they are this way. And when someone hurts me, I feel justified in having a bad attitude towards them because they sinned against me. And I have been trying to retrain my heart and my brain to respond to people with compassion. Amen. But that is not an easy task. <laughs> Some of us have hurts that go deep. That's right. Abuse that has left deep scars, patterns of family dysfunction that have hurt us and caused us to harbor bitterness in our hearts. Mm-hmm. But what has helped me is to learn, com- uh, what's helped me learn compassion is to think of Jesus. Jesus knew what was in a man, what was in a person. He knew how deep sin goes in our hearts, but yet when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. It doesn't say in the scriptures that he was just, he saw the crowds and was filled with anger about their sin. It says that he has compassion. Why? Think about a newborn baby that you know. If you have Facebook, you know that your your feed is filled with everyone's newborn babies, <laughs> pictures of their babies, month number one, month number two, month number three. And those of you that have children are like, oh, that's so awesome. Those of you that don't <laughs> I, might be like, okay, it's, it's a baby. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, but that child, that child is perfect, right? Mm. They haven't done anything wrong. They don't even know what is going on they are helpless and as that child begins to grow up um their sinful nature be revealed May, they, their sinful nature might be revealed but they are still innocent and pure as a child no one looks at a baby or a toddler and thinks that child's going to go up and grow up to rape someone someday mm. that child is going to grow up to be a drug addict mm. That child is going to grow up to be a child molester. Mm. That child is going to cheat on their wife. No parent plans for their child to make poor choices. So how does this perfect pure baby go astray? Well, they are sinned against by adults, by other kids as they grow up. Every person has their backstory. If someone grows up to do horrible things to other people, there is a reason. Something horrible was probably done to them. Maybe they were abused. Maybe they were abandoned by a parent. Maybe they lost a parent and didn't know how to cope with the pain. Maybe they were bullied. Maybe a family member was an addict and they saw things that no child should ever see. Maybe they were taught to hate others by the people who raised them, Mm. taught to be prejudiced, racist, judgmental, and the cycle of dysfunction and sin is handed down from generation to generation, in families and outside of families. Without the scriptures to guide us, without looking to Jesus as our shepherd, we all go astray. And we can't change or find our way back to what we were as those pure, innocent, newborn babies. I believe when Jesus saw people, he understood that there were circumstances in their lives that made them the way that they are. Right. I don't know that Jesus knew every everyone's personal backstory. Maybe he did. The scriptures don't exactly tell us that. But what I do know is that he had the wisdom of God and he had been watching humans for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. He understood how people became the way they were as adults. He understood the lifetime journey and it deeply saddened him. He knew that if a child that was abused had someone in their life to just love them and teach them to find comfort and hope in God and help them heal Earlier in life, that maybe that child would have processed their abuse differently and made different choices in their life. And he knew that he himself could heal anyone if they would only turn to him. He was the shepherd. So he had compassion on their pain and forgave them, even when they hurt him and killed him. How did those abusive Roman soldiers become that way? How did the Pharisees and teachers of the law get it so wrong? Jesus had compassion on them because he knew that they had been led astray a long time ago and didn't have a shepherd to lead them back. You know, um, recently I was in Walmart and uh, there's always a story about when you go to Walmart, right? Um, I had my cart and I was coming out of an aisle and uh, I was in a hurry. And as I came out, this this older man on a scooter comes by and I, I almost ran my cart into him, but I, I stopped. I saw him in time. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I, you know, I was apologetic. And he looked at me and he went and he just shook his head and kept mm. rolling by and went, huh women drivers oh never know never know what they're going to do or muttered something like that to me and immediately you know my my first gut <laughs> reaction was like I felt the anger rising into my mouth as I was about to say something and then I I stopped myself and I thought you know this man why what happened to him in his life to make him say such a thing to a complete stranger. Why is he in a scooter? Why can't he walk around the store? You know, maybe Mm. he's in pain physically. Maybe people have been mean to him and rude to him his whole life. Who knows? But there's a reason why this man is the way that he is. So you know what? Let me just smile and let it go because I don't know where this man is coming from. You know, um, I it it doesn't that does not come naturally to me. I have been working <laughs> at trying to have that kind of response. Um, and it's one thing to have that kind of response to a random stranger in Walmart, but what about the people that we know and love, family members and close friends who have hurt us? Yeah. If you've had a parent who hurt you, think of their backstory. What was their childhood like? Were they mistreated, abandoned? Maybe spoiled and never disciplined, never taught how to not treat a person. There is a reason they are the way they are. And if you can see and understand that reason, it will lead you to have compassion on them. It's not an excuse for what Mm. they did to you, but it can help you to have compassion and forgive because maybe they didn't know any other way. They were harassed and helpless. The next time someone hurts you, ask yourself this question, Why are they that way? What happened in their life to make them treat others that way? And then pray to have compassion. We all see the world in a twisted way. No one is looking through the same glasses. But if we learn to put on Jesus's glasses and see things through his eyes and his point of view, it will lead us to have compassion on one another and forgive. That's right.
1: That's right. We're not talking about excusing their wrong behavior, but reaching a point where we can forgive them for it. Uh-huh. And we're called to forgive them. There's no qualification in the Lord's Prayer. It just says, if we don't forgive them, we won't be forgiven. There's no like, forgive them when they say sorry. Forgive them when they understand it. It's, mm. it's just, we have to get to a point where we forgive them. Let me read another story. Matthew chapter 18. Uh, I'm in verse 21. Let's listen to this story from Jesus. Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Uh, up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. "'Pay back what you owe me!' he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, "'Be patient with me and I'll pay you back!' But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart unless we forgive others from our heart. This story seems so stupid to me. What, like, what is wrong with this guy? (laughs) He owed like millions of dollars, thousands of bags of gold, and the debt was canceled. And then he goes off and and his, his co-worker owes him like, you know, A a few dollars. (laughs) It might have been a hundred bucks. I mean, but it was nothing compared to millions. And he's choking him. Pay me back. You know, it's what's wrong with this guy? What a dummy. But it's our story. We're the stupid one. Mm. Every time we don't forgive or we keep carrying that anger or that grudge or that hurt, but I think it, it, it takes a lot of humility to recognize ourselves mm-hmm. in this story, yeah. to recognize that we do the very things that we cannot forgive, doesn't it, Lisa?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about the verse you read earlier about take the plank out of your own eye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it does take a lot of humility to see um, that, you know, the things that people do to us. We do the same things to other to, to other people. Um, maybe not in everything, mm-hmm. but there are many things that we do to others that they do back to us, and we get indignant with them. But we don't realize that we're we're guilty of the same things. You know, I see this in my kids. Um, one child will do something that is annoying, like make an annoying sound repeatedly. Oh, yeah, we get a lot um, of those. Yeah, that hap- It's like a daily occurrence in our household. Um, and the other. <laughs> Well, will ask them to stop and they won't. They just keep making the annoying sound because yeah. they think it's kind of fun to annoy the other child. And then the one that's getting annoyed gets infuriated <laughs> while the other one laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> ah, but then the next day, the one who got infuriated is the one making an annoying sound and won't stop when asked. Absolutely. So I remind them every time, do you like it when someone annoys you on purpose and they won't stop? then don't do it to your brother or sister. <laughs> you know, um, it helps me to forgive when I realize that I do the same things to other people sometimes. Um, even something, you know, as simple as getting mad at other drivers um, when I'm driving along, you know, I might get mad at people who cut me off in traffic or tailgate me or maybe almost hit me. Um You know, I, there's a rage that can, you know, that road rage that can kind of come up uh, as you're driving along. But I'm guilty of all of those things for specific reasons. I have tailgated people when I'm late for something very important. I have cut others off in traffic when I failed to check my blind spot. So when I get mad at people for these things, I have to remember, maybe they had a reason. You know, that there's someone on my tail and they want to pass me or they're mad at me for driving the speed limit. I have to remember, you know, maybe they're maybe they're rushing someone to the hospital or they have to go to the bathroom really bad. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's it's a real it's real, um, <laughs> you know, and I have to forgive and let it go. Um, You know, I can get mad at a brother or sister in Christ for something simple like not texting me back for a few days or not greeting me warmly or uh, not checking on me when I'm going through something difficult. Yet I have done all of those things to others. I've forgotten to text someone back, or maybe I didn't see the text. I've come to church preoccupied with my own worries and failed to greet someone with a smile. I've been lost in my own life situations and didn't check on someone else who was going through something hard. You know, it is harder to do this, though, when the hurts run deeper. And I've thought back on some conversations that I've had with us, others over the years or situations that I've dealt with. And I've thought, you know, I could have, should have dealt with that differently. But I didn't know any better at the time. And maybe someone was hurt by me. Yeah. Thinking this way helps me to forgive others. Instead of focusing on all the times that you've been hurt by others, maybe start asking yourself, what have I done that's hurt others? Do I have people that I need to ask to forgive me for things I've done to them? The next time you get an attitude with someone about something they did to you, ask yourself, have I ever done that to someone? If you have, then have some humility and let it go. Let it go. Let it <laughs> no. go. Sorry. We're, we're singers in this family. You're going to get a lot of singing on this podcast. Random singing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, a lot of the examples were given are kind of smaller or trite or humorous. But in the story that I read in Matthew 18, the, the guy owed thousands of bags of gold. He had a massive debt. That, and, and so who's the master? Well, the master here in this story is Jesus, is God, right? The, the, this, you know, the, these, we're talking, what about... Debts that are huge. What about injuries, insults, injustice that we've suffered that is, that is very deep, that runs deep? It's very significant. Um, you know, Lisa and I, each of us could share things from our life. Family members, church members that have done things to us that, that were deeply hurtful that like still come up sometimes in my heart, in my mind, things that people said to me, ways people treated me, or my family that were so hurtful. And, and some of you listening have been through things that I wouldn't even understand. No matter what insult, injury, or injustice you have suffered, and it may be very significant. It cannot compare to our debt to Christ. And this message may sound harsh or uncaring to those who have suffered greatly at the hands of others. How could, how can you be expected to forgive? Those who cry out for justice yet never feel heard. Those who've been abused Molested, stereotyped, bullied, harassed, ridiculed, disenfranchised. Those who have been silenced for their skin color or their gender. How can you be expected to forgive in the absence of justice being done? Remember who this teaching comes from. This is coming from Jesus, who was abused, harassed, ridiculed on the cross, falsely accused, unjustly executed by the authorities. He knows how hard this teaching is, and he is not asking you or me to do something that he hasn't done himself as he hung dying on the cross. Insults ringing in his ears. What were his words? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Martin Luther King understood a thing or two about forgiveness. He says forgiveness does not mean ignoring what has been done or putting a false label on an evil act. It means rather that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to relationship. Oh, what a great line. This is why I wish he was with us today. We need to remove barriers to relationship. That's what forgiveness does. That's what we need in our world to try to restore relationships. Relationships. Martin, he, he said this, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Another time he said, if we do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we will be a blind and toothless nation. Yeah. I'm afraid we're on the way to be in that. Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 35, the story we just read, he says, unless you forgive from the heart. From the heart. What does forgiveness do for our heart? And what does unforgiveness do to our hearts? I'm convinced that this part of the Lord's Prayer is more important than we have realized. We need to take time in prayer like we discussed in last week's podcast to seek forgiveness. And during that time of our prayers, there's gonna be some soul searching, some heart searching. God, see if there's any offensive way in me. Forgive me. Is there sin in my life that I need to deal with? But what about this? See, we also need to take time in prayer to search our hearts with God helping us to extend forgiveness. I'm often surprised when I take time in prayer for this. I'm surprised who I'm holding a grudge against, and I didn't even realize it. It's usually the people I love the most because they have the ability to hurt me. But it's also often other random people that I barely know. That guy in Walmart. But, But Lisa, there's been many times where I've... I've reflected. God, is there anyone I need to forgive? And then I and I pray about it. And I I'll sit there for a few moments in my prayer, asking Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, is there someone I need to forgive? And babe, sometimes it's you. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I no. I mean, we've <laughs> we've worked through an argument, but I realize it was still kind of clinging to me. Yeah, I was still kind of holding those, some feelings to you toward you, and I needed mm-hmm. to just. You know, I, she said she's sorry. We worked. I forgive her. Sometimes it's our kids. You know, mm. like one of our kids has really been acting up, and they're just children. Like I should forgive them easily, but sometimes I realize, like, man, I'm, I've been kind of upset, holding something against one of my kids. Sometimes it's strangers. Sometimes it's politicians, fellow church members, coworkers, people around me, and I think, man, I, I've been holding a grudge. Mm. This part of the prayer is a detox for the heart. Flushing out our own sin from clinging to us, but also flushing out the sin of others that we are clinging to. See, all of this sin, our own sin, or other people's sin against us, it clings to our souls like mold and mildew on a dirty house. And you gotta get out there and pressure wash it. You know, put the... Put the uh, the bleach on it. Get it off of you, and you will find underneath a heart that can be beautiful and alive each day. A home. Underneath all that mold and mildew on your house, there's a beautiful home. Your heart can be a beautiful home for Jesus to dwell. Our baggage may be crowding crowding Jesus right out of our hearts. And so what we're learning here in our church, what we're learning here in our home is that the Lord's prayer is helping our hearts be a place where Jesus can dwell each and every day. Let's search our hearts, let's seek forgiveness and let's extend forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive? What's what sin is clinging to you? Your own sin? Or someone else's sin that's clinging to you. There's a lot going around this, in this, in, you know, this year. A lot of hate, a lot of lack of forgiveness. Are you holding on? Are we clinging? God, help us to forgive. Help us to forgive as Jesus forgave on the cross. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time as we're going to keep learning how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to pray, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. We'll see you next time. Praise the Lord today, for He is all my hope instead. Our God is good, His name is great, hallelujah.